Hello and welcome to another short story, The Empty Station. This episode contains the edited texts of the short stories Return to Vardic Station, Abject Artifact, Habitation Block, and The Monster, posted from the 2nd to the 5th of July 2021 on my blog worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com. No additional voices this time. Also, I've just been accepted into a PhD, so the schedule might have to slow down at some point, maybe, fair warning or whatever, but the next episode will be in two weeks, back on schedule, and should be back to the World Cycle series. So, until then, enjoy. was excited, or she was nervous, or she was hungry. She was somewhere in that space of possibly nauseous, possibly excited, as the sightless, roiling blackness of the void opened up before her. The faint light of the stars was blinding, like needles in Gale's skull. It didn't bother Gale in the slightest, for there, floating idly in space, too far away to block any stars from view, was the wreck of a space station. She was definitely excited, Gale decided, as she chewed on a ration bar, guiding her little ship toward the wreck. It had been so long, looking for the remains of Vardic Station, it felt like so very long, and after all, fifteen years was three quarters of her life. This time, though, Gale was sure she was in the right place. She had seen so many pictures of Vardic Station from before it vanished, she couldn't help but recognize it, torn and twisted as it was. She couldn't help but recognize the shades of blue painted on the hull. She couldn't help but recognize the glass dome of the greenhouse almost totally shattered. She couldn't help but recognize the signal spire, bent and twisted. Gail took deep breaths and she tried to relax, tried to calm down. Just because she had found Vardik didn't mean that she would learn anything. Just because finally, finally she was here didn't mean that she would get everything she wanted. Gale pushed her little ship toward the wreck, turning on the shields, an absolute mess of debris floated lazily around the station, just barely held in orbit by the massive craft. The first buzz of something rebounding from the shields came quickly. The noise came again and again, accelerating into an endless buzzing from the console until Gale wished there was some way she could turn it off. The impacts weren't enough to do much to the shield's power. She wasn't in danger of being hit, but... The sound was so grating, was so distracting. It hurt her ears, it wore at her patience. Gale eased the ship past the floating halo of shattered glass and into the remains of the old greenhouse. She found herself looking into an old garden, brown and decayed, with no air for so long. In the harsh light of her ship's lamps, the place was starkly beautiful, like a shrine to entropy. Gale magnetized the ship to the wide walkway in the middle of the old garden, and her hands shook as she pulled on her vacuum suit. She took deep breaths of the stale air. She couldn't afford for her heart to keep racing. She only had so much air before she had to get back on the ship. 
Gail pushed open the airlock and stepped out into space. She stepped down from the ship and floated gently toward the garden beds. Gail was sure that she remembered this garden, but it was hard to know. She was sure that she remembered walking hand in hand with her mother down this very same walkway. She was sure she remembered stopping to look at the flowers and faintly, she could almost hear her mother's voice explaining something to her. But she couldn't be sure. She had seen so many images, so many videos, so many holograms of Vardic Station that maybe she had never been in this garden before. Maybe she had never seen that tree before. How could she know, really? What Gail was sure that she remembered was metal screeching and people screaming. What she was sure she had seen were those shards of glass spreading out from the station as decompression sent her flying away from home. Gail skipped through the garden, the bare gravity of the station just enough to keep her coming back down. The elevator shaft was open and empty like the mouth of the void waiting to swallow her, and Gail dived in. She felt small, like the walls were too far away, she felt enclosed, she felt apprehensive. Her torch barely pierced the darkness of Vardic Station, the gloom pressed in on her, surrounded her, she could almost feel its tendrils against her skin. The first exit from the elevator shaft had to be a few stories down, and led Gale into the bridge. She had seen pictures of the place, of course, though she doubted she had ever been there as a child. It was in the bridge that Gale's excitement turned to worry, turned to fear. The amphitheater-shaped room was in ruins. The computers and consoles and instruments and seats were barely left in pieces, when pieces were left at all. Huge marks like a quenon's teeth dug into the floor and left bare stumps of chairs and consoles. Huge gouges from some monstrous cause had torn open the walls and the wires that traversed the whole of the station were torn free, destroyed, hanging oddly in the near-zero gravity. Gail could not think what might cause this destruction. She might have thought it an orcta, spacefaring pests that ate metal and wires, but they were far too small to do something like this. She might have thought a Quenin had lost their mind, but even a Quenin would not have the jaw strength to chew through the metal walls. She took the elevator shaft down from the bridge, the darkness feeling somehow more oppressive, more pregnant, as if whatever monster was big enough to do that much damage to the bridge might be hiding in this cramped space. Down and down Gale went until she found the habitation level. She pulled herself out into the wide open space of a market, there were a couple of similar places around the habitation levels, but Gail was sure that this was the one she had gone to as a child. She was sure she recognized the Hazinai buffet that had once nearly melted her tongue, or that's what it had felt like, because her mother hadn't thought to order mild food for her. She was sure that she recognized the cradle food shop, because it had always confused her. She was sure that she recognized the security office, fake trees and little pots sitting outside, glued to the floor, no doubt. The inside of the security office resembled the bridge. The reception desk had huge bites taken out of it. The computer that Gail remembered from her pictures was gone. The back wall, where the door should have led into the actual offices, was almost totally destroyed, so torn and chewed by those massive claws and teeth. She could not think what could have done this. She could not think what would eat the computers and wires and leave all these food vendors alone. Even Orkta would have preferred the metal furniture outside, being smaller and easier to eat. It was in the basement of the security office that Gail found the first corpse. 
In the holding cell, floating against the bars was an odd mass, an interesting thing. It seemed that they must have been mangled by the cage as the decompression tried to rip them into space. The corpse was interesting in a way, uncanny enough to feel more like a strange artifact than a human body. It had exploded, burst. Its cells had ruptured, its skin had blistered, its eyes had run from its face, and blood hung in the cell around it. Gail stared at the bloody, frigid mess that had once been a person, and she tried to think of them. She tried to think of the person that this had once been. She tried to wonder why they had been put in this cage. She tried to think of their last moments as the air started to rush from the room. But she could not. Before her was no person, just some... Some abject artifact of the destruction of Vardic Station. The object had screamed and bled, that was sure, but it could not. She could not make it seem like a person. As she explored, as she shone her torch around the station, Gale found more and more bodies. Not all were so mangled, but they were blasted, burst. Faces indecipherable behind blistered skin and burst eyes. She stared at each blasted person and she tried to see them. She wondered how she would see her mother if she could not see the people that had once been these corpses. Gail found scratches on the floor, big enough to have been left by the monster's claws. She found doors torn open by something too big to fit through them. She found more rooms, emptied, destroyed, chewed on. But these rooms had not held computers, had not held records, and they were not so completely destroyed. Though Gail had lost track of time, her vacuum suit informed her that she had been exploring for close to five hours when she found something intriguing, something interesting. Her heart beat faster once more, her excitement rose along with her nerves. A bulkhead, massive and thick, torn and twisted, had tried to block the entrance to a habitation block. Block 0352. Gail wished she could remember where she had lived in the station, but that memory had never come to her. No record of her home had ever been found in what little was recovered from Vardic before it disappeared. Through the bulkhead were nearly a dozen corpses, a dozen dead people floating in the entryway to the block. Their remains were wrapped in vacuum suits, pieces had been chewed and torn from their bodies. A purple ooze stuck to the walls and the inside of the destroyed bulkhead. A kind of blood that Gale was sure she recognized, but she could not quite place. It was the kind of blood that many spacefaring creatures had, the kind of blood that doesn't quite make sense. Rifles floated about the room, cracked and broken and partly eaten. The bulkhead beyond was torn and smashed, and that purple blood was stuck to the walls and floor and ceiling beyond. Gale wondered why the monster would have gone into the habitation block. There was not so much technology there for it to eat, surely. Barely any wires in the walls though certainly there was a dearth of personal computers and that sort of thing. She shone her torch into the habitation block, into corridors much smaller than the ones she had been exploring. No Quenin must have lived here. The darkness seemed to press close to the torn and bloodied bulkhead, seemed almost to reach its tendrils towards Gale. The hallway before her was oddly intact. The lights above were all off, of course. The keypads by the doors all powered down, of course. But the doors were intact. Furrows could be seen by the light of her torch, furrows scraped in the floor and walls and ceiling. The monster had been too big to come this way. Gail felt around the edge of one of the doors until she found the manual release. She pulled it and the door unlocked with a resonant clunk. Gail's heart raced, her breathing quickened. Had something felt that? 
was someone in here? She could wonder, but she did not hope. The door opened shudderingly, vibratingly. Gail braced herself against the doorframe and pulled, and with a snag the door launched open, sending Gail spinning across the corridor. Inside it was... It was nostalgic, reminiscent. It was not her home. Inside was a small apartment, a dining and living area combined with a kitchen. Through doors in the back of the room, Gail could see bedrooms. The apartment was empty of people, empty of corpses. It was decorated with family photos, decorated with prints of paintings that Gail remembered from all of those pictures she had seen. She knew from the records she had pored over for so long that there was a limited number of artworks available to print on Vardek Station, and the pictures she had found of people's homes were frequently decorated with the same pictures in the same places. She wondered how her apartment had been decorated, she wondered if it was close by. Gail tried another door and another, not worrying about the vibrations of her escalating fervor. She found apartment after apartment empty and decorated with the remains of some family, some couple, some person. No people or bodies, only the remains of lives. And as she followed the trail of that purple blood through the habitation block, she opened and opened apartments until... until she found something. Until she found a body, until she found something that she was sure she recognized. Gail was sure that the body was not her mother's, she was sure of that much, but she was just as certain that she had known this person in life. The apartment was decorated with pictures of a woman in her early fifties, perhaps, and pictures of kids, dozens of kids. Some memory, some bare image flared in Gail's mind, some reminiscence of a woman who had taken care of her, had played with her when her mother was busy, a grandmother almost, to a lot of the children who had lived here. Gail was sure she could remember that woman's voice. She was sure that she could remember the woman's kindly smile. She was sure she had read something about this woman. She was sure that there were no pictures of herself in this room. She couldn't remember the woman's name, either. And as she gazed upon the blasted corpse of someone she had known, she was sure she had known. Gail wasn't sure how she felt. This abject artifact from her own life was confronting. It was something so... So personal and so personless. It was something that stared at Gail and she stared back and she could not quite make it into a person. She could not stare at this thing and make it into a person. Gail found her fervor rising, found her need to find her mother pressing on her. Surely if she remembered that grandmother then she must be close. Surely there must be pictures of her somewhere. She pulled open another apartment and she found pictures of a little girl she had known. She remembered being picked up by a ship, a captain or crew that had come to see what was happening at the collapsing station. She remembered a girl on that ship. She remembered this girl on that ship. What had been her name? Gail found herself gripping the picture frame, staring intently. What had been this girl's name? She remembered. She spent hours with her as they all cried and raged. She had to. But Gail couldn't remember. She could remember holding the girl close all those years ago. She could remember crying together. She could remember holding hands at the landing pad. She could remember promising to see each other again. She could not remember seeing the girl again. There were tears in Gail's eyes as she pushed on, still following that purple blood, still sure that she would find something, still sure that she must be close to her old home. Gail followed the trail of blood, that fervor building in her as she did, 
to the point that she found herself almost jogging, found herself almost running, she found herself leaping, bouncing off the ceiling and leaping again. She found herself unable to slow down, and then... And then she found it, and she stopped moving. She found herself drifting slowly down the corridor, staring at the door before her. It must have been a normal door at some point, but now... But now it was broken, but now it was torn and stained with purple blood, and Gail was sure that she had found her home. Gail did not try to slow herself down. She did not try to pull herself up. She did not try to stop herself. She drifted through the broken door, and she saw within, and the tears flowed from her. Gail pulled off her helmet. Her air had run out hours ago. She needed to see past the tears. She needed to see the woman who stood there. The blasted corpse that finally, finally looked like a person. That abject artifact stared at Gail, and she remembered. She remembered that woman, she remembered her mother in her empty house, she remembered the young woman who had stared at her, the young woman who had, who had wanted something. Gail remembered the tentacles that reached from her own neck, she remembered those bare nerves that reached toward that woman. She remembered the woman's loving eyes, her loving hands reaching out to touch those bare nerves that reached from Gail. Gail remembered the purple blood that leaked from her body, she remembered the wounds that bled. She remembered that woman's loving touch, she remembered... She had been called from the emptiness. She had been called from the endless nothing, the space outside the stars. She had been called here by this woman. She had been called by a woman who wanted something. And she had destroyed everything. She had killed that woman who called to her. Gail had followed her nature. She had ripped and torn and eaten. She had consumed and she had grown. The woman had placed her hands on Gail. She placed her dying hands on the monster that destroyed her home. She had smiled at the monster and she had loved it. And Gail could not help but love her back. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World Cycle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the story. You can find my writing on worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com, where I post a short story every day. If you prefer, you can follow me on Tumblr at worldcycle.tumblr.com, where all those stories get cross-posted, but I don't use Tumblr as much as I used to. If you're a real weirdo, you can follow me on Twitter at The World Cycle. All these links, as well as a link to the full text of the episode, can be found in the show notes or description or whatever the fuck that thing's called. As I mentioned in the intro, I've been accepted into a PhD, though there's some annoying bureaucracy to sort out still, so whatever. It shouldn't affect the schedule yet, but I expect it will in the future, so I don't know. Brace yourself for that, and we'll see how it goes. Bye. Bye.